welcome to another episode of the World Class Agency Podcast. I'm Mark Warrell from Love to Move, joined as ever by Sam from Home Search. Uh, today we'll be talking to Rob Brady from Iceberg Digital. He's going to um, talk to us about marketing, but also about his experience as a Lettings and Estate agent um, with Regal over the last 10 years. Really looking forward to, um, to speaking to Rob. Uh, but first of all, Sam, how are you? What's, what's been going on? Morning, Mark. Uh, I'm good, man. I'm very good. It's been one of those weeks this week. Brexit got extended, um, elections being called, uh, which I found quite interesting because I think there'll be a lot of agents out there thinking that it sucks um, and yeah. it's, an, it's, it's nothing's going to happen now. And what are we going to do? You know, there's still, what, eight weeks of the year left. Um, nothing, you know, it's, it's just more stalemate. And I actually think that I mean, we say this every week that you, everything's an opportunity, but it, it really is. Like, you, you can talk about Brexit now to everybody and you can say that it sucks and you can say that it's unfortunate and nothing's going to happen. Or you can say, well, it is going to happen. You know, on the 12th of December, there's going to be an election and then Brexit most yeah. likely will happen very soon after that, regardless of who comes into power. So let's talk about what happens when that moment arrives and let's get everything in order and like not to use a really lame pun, but let's literally get your house in order so that when all these people come back to the market and they're ready to make a decision, we get as many of them making a decision about your house as possible because then price takes care of itself. And I think if you're not having that conversation now, you're missing a trick. And if you're having the yeah. conversation that every other agent in your market is having, which is that it sucks, then you're definitely missing something, you know? I think I think this time of year is a really good time to be setting up for next year. I've always, um, as a business, we've always put jobs aside to say, right, we'll do that end of the year. Let's get ourselves organised. And I think, you know, um, election in December, Brexit in January, potentially, probably for estate agents, that's probably the best time it could be. Let's get it over and done with. But I think that leads in really well to today's guest with Rob. He's... Um, obviously working at Iceberg Digital, their big thing is plan for the long term. You know, all of these funnels and lead magnets and mm. all of their tech puts puts things um, in place so that you're attracting clients in six months, in nine months, in 12 months. And I think that's something that people can really take this time of year, get planned so that in 2020, you've got the... Um, the ability to attract clients long term, not just short term, because you know, maybe the short term outlook perhaps isn't isn't as positive, but it's a great time of year because November, December, January, yeah. perhaps some of the quieter quieter months anyway. And if, if nothing's happening, you know, you can still make things happen. And that's not to say get instructions, do deals, but it's making sure that everyone in your market who might be sitting on their hands waiting and, and watching as to what happens actually understands what you do. Like we've just gone through an exercise over the last few weeks where we've been talking to people who've signed up for home search, but have only ever logged in once or twice yeah. to understand why they didn't come back. Um, and it's been really eye opening. And I was talking to one of them yesterday and he's like, do you call people who use us, who use you guys all the time? And I was like, no. Uh, Cause I mean, like not to have this conversation. And I was like, because they, they're, they're using us all the time. So they get it. And he's like, well, maybe they only get it because they, they, they get it the way that they get it, not the way that you think they should get it. You know, and people, it, it, it made me realize, because he, he, he sort of said, he's like, people are only going to use you how they know to use you. And I thought that was really interesting to hear from my perspective, but it's also interesting to hear from an agent's perspective, pardon me, is because maybe the reason why it's such a battle on fees is because no one educates before that meeting on what they do behind the scenes. You know, they don't talk about the real work that, 
you know, agents do day to day negotiating, actually marketing, understanding, you know, human psychology and behavior almost. Um, yeah. But they do talk about being number one agent on Rightmove. So people think that all they do is put stuff on Rightmove. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to appeal to, 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 to the emotion. And um, I just picked up something you said there about there's always opportunities and everything. And um, I think at Moving Works last week, we had our best week of the year. You know? wow. um, supposedly, supposedly the week before Brexit. Um, you know, Congrats. Think, yeah. And it was also, we, we, we have um, a guy called Richard who runs Moving Works. He's our, he's our office manager. He was, he was going off. He's had an operation on his knee. He's gone off for a, for a couple of weeks. So he finished with an absolute bang. He's racking and, it and stacking actually, it. Yeah, absolutely. And it means that I'm, uh, I've been back to evaluations this week as well, which um, I, I don't do a great deal um, normally. But do you know what? It just made me realise again how much I love sitting in, sitting in someone's lounge and talking to them about the property market in general, their property, and how we can you know, tailor market, our marketing approach to, to attract a buyer. So um, a real injection in the arm for me this week. And I've got a couple more appointments later on today that I'm looking forward to as well. Get back on the tools. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Nice one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cool. Do you, um, should we, should we dive straight in? Should we, um, should we introduce Rob? Let's do it. Today's world-class agent is a bloke who started from bottom. Now he's here a 10 year career in Kent where he started as a negotiator and worked his way up to running both the sales and lettings teams along with his partner who's still there. Now he managed the entire team and increased their rental portfolio and sales business over 50% in only three years. He helped rebrand the business. He put a focus on service and systems and growing more leaders within their business. His strong belief in great agency partners with great tech led him to his current role with Iceberg Digital, where he's helping innovative estate agents use data to drive their businesses. He's the nicest guy I've ever met with sleeve tattoos. And if our previous chats about estate agency are anything to go by, today could be anything. Rob Brady, welcome to the World Class Agency Podcast. Welcome, mate. Cheers. Appreciate it. That's a nice intro today as well. <laughs> wow, that's all true, isn't it? You could you could carry on. You could, you could walk around being my pitch person. <laughs> might have to Good morning, Rob. I would, I, I would never have guessed about the sleeve tattoos. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, a healthy addiction. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, um, I think there's going to be quite a lot of content we can probably talk about today, Rob. Um, mm. Let's skip the origin story. Um, there's loads that we want to ask you more about the success that you've had in, in growing a business so fast, if you're, if you're happy with that. Can yeah. you talk us through kind of your early days in agency, how you reacted when you landed the responsibility of, um, of growing your properties under management, and yeah. how you went about prospecting as well, really, is, is one of the things we're really interested in. Um, so uh, I started originally in corporate world. Uh, and then, and then I went across to uh, work for Regal uh, for ten, ten years. Almost ten years. Um, the first I started as a neg, and the first three years I was always seen as the crazy one in the office, the one that was like, oh, "I've got this big idea, I need to do this, and we need to change this, and we need to change that process." So the owners usually used to think, look at me, think, "What is this? What is this lad going on about?" Mm. So about three years into the role, they had a change of management because the management was just becoming non-existent. And it's quite a vital point because I think uh, I already sort of realised, speaking to a lot of agents, the owners sometimes fear certain staff in their office. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, that was three years into the role. So then they got rid of some existing management. Uh, I then came up in lettings overnight. I had no lettings experience whatsoever. So literally I was a salesperson and then they were like, right, you're, uh, you're in lettings now. So I 
teamed up with my fiance. She was actually in the lessons department. Uh, and then literally from day dot, we actually looked at the whole business model and just stripped it all back. So you're talking like our systems, our, how, we, how our customer experience was, uh, how we marketed our properties, uh, all the way just basically back to like, get rid of the arrogance that basically no one knows us, we're a new start. And how do we want to go out and do on the market? So then we started to build out from there. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we did that. Uh, and then, yeah, so we grew that from 300 to 700 in, in space of about three years. Um, nice. So, yeah. How, how did you do it? I mean, that's the obvious question, right? So, like, did you, um, did, did you try everything? And, and then strip it back to a few things. Like if you, if you can maybe yeah. unpack what stripping the business back and what did focusing on the customer experience so look like, like? So I like, like look at things like you look about 10 years ago, how different the market was then. Like we didn't really have Facebook around as agents. Mm. Uh, yeah. We didn't really have a lot of the prospects in, and product tools we have now. now. Um, so really like it's a different, I'd say it's a different message now, but some of the core values are still there. So, uh, I, you know, we looked at things like your website, uh, how your branding message was, how the branding message went across all different platforms, what the message was, how we answered the phones, um, how the customer's experience was from the moment they answered the phone to moving into a property, uh, how our management was with our landlords. Um, so, like little, little things, I went for a full rebrand of the business because the, 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 the old logo was a dated logo. Uh, mm. I just didn't think it was cutting edge, so we just stripped that back. But there's more to branding than just a logo and a new website. Um, so, I mean, it was just, it's processes really. It's processes. I can't, can't fault the processes part to it. And also the message. Mm. Uh, the message is huge. Like, we're not in the marketing business anymore. We're in the communication business. And the, the moment we stop thinking that we are just in marketing and we just do marketing, we just do marketing on email, we do marketing on Facebook, we do marketing on our website, et cetera, and actually understand that it's a communication channel. Yeah. The more we'll start to understand like actually the message that's being sent out there. Um, so like you put it into perspective, like no, no one answers the phone. Like we're the best estate agent in the, in the area. We've just won three, we're just top 3% drawn an instant valuation. No one answers the phone like that. So why do you, why do you, why do you then put that out on Facebook? Why do you put that on emails? And why do you put that out on any sort of channel? Um, so like, yeah, I think, I think you have to strip it back. I think you have to fear, like to stop uh, thinking that what worked five years ago would work still today. It doesn't yeah. work that way. What even worked month, last month doesn't work today. How do you um, answer the phone? Uh, like, I really like that. I, I, I was just frantically scribbling a note because what we do, we'll, we'll sort of unpack your uh, time with us after this. And, and I sort of said like your marketing should be how you answer the phone. There needs to be a connection between the two there. So like, is that something that you guys actually worked on? You said, right, this is how as, as Regal Estates we're going to answer the phone from now on. It was just a basic message though. Cause someone needs to, why, what we had in the office was, uh, I want within a couple of minutes, that person to know your name, be, mem be memorable. Mm. Uh, yeah. So like, you know, when you worked in corporate, it was like, hello, like how, et cetera. Like it wasn't really personable. Um, I always try to get the staff to get a deeper connection with any person they spoke to on the phone because they're humans, they're people, yeah. not just they're doing a transaction, not doing a process. Uh, and that came back like tenfold over the years as we started to build it up. People were just walking in saying, I don't even remember me, but I had this property and like you were just really helpful for like two minutes on the phone. Can you take it on? Um, and it just becomes free because then it's, you just build up a great reputation. 
So the phone message was just literally a clear, precise message introducing yourself as a company because people were still like, you know, someone might be calling around 10 different branches, uh, 10 different agencies, mm. and, then, and then following it up with your name and then repeating that name, repeating their name um, all the way through that phone call. It's just simple stuff, isn't it, though? Is one of the benefits of unpacking it being able to ensure the consistency, Rob? Yeah, consistency is, is, consistency is key. Like, if you look at things like a blog page, for example, on a website, how many, how many agents I see on a, daily, on a month, weekly basis saying, oh, we do blogs, but when you look at them, they've done a blog in, like, January 2016 and then one in 2018 mm. and then a couple in, like... And it just consistency in the brain is, like so key for someone actually physically looking to use you because like if you're not consistent what does it say to them like are you going to show up and actually are you going to deliver what you say you're going to deliver um and that goes across the whole thing like literally yeah answering the phone how you consistently do it how you consistently uh, give landlord feedback how you consistently deliver a, the the right pitch how you consistently advertise a property it's just it's consistency and time is a big belief in, in what i what i achieved it's a, it's a subconscious trust builder, right? People don't Jeez. know, but then they, they become almost familiar with what to expect. And so by the time they're actually meeting Rob or meeting Charlotte or anyone else in your business, it's the same experience. Yep. Yep. And I think that, I think that goes down to a lot of the training side to it, but then it goes back to that uh, fear of like certain staff, uh, you might fear them uh, in the process of you wanting to change, to be consistent. Uh, and I think then that then sends a broken message because those staff won't be the consistent with what you want as your brand. You said that at the start uh, where you said like some owners or some business owners tend like fear the staff did like I took from that, that they almost feared that they'd go past them in terms of being more valuable to the business than them. And then they're worried about them leaving or starting their own. Like, is that what you meant? Or maybe can you explain what you did mean by, um, by that? I think, yeah, you're right. Two things. I think fear of like, uh, you know, like I'm a big, I'm a big believer. I've just been like rereading Simon Sinek's leaders eat last. Mm -hmm. Like, and you have to empower your staff because you're like, you're not a, a, a Swiss army knife of all trades. Like you don't know how to use, like you don't know what certain things are. So like if you're leading, you've got to lead your team, but then you've got to build up your team to lead with you. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, though, then I think there's, a, there's, a, there's the other reverse side to it. If your team don't want to lead with you, then you've got to feel, you've just got to stop the fear of letting them go. Like a part of our process and how we achieved what we did is we changed the whole team. And some of the staff that have been there for like three or four years, we didn't push them out the door, but we were like, this is the new concept we're doing. We want to give an amazing customer experience to our clients. Like at the moment, you can't deliver that. You're not delivering that. And this is how we want to deliver it. So they eventually left because they didn't believe in what we wanted to achieve because they just, they just were, I think sometimes it's the whole fear of like, I'm not going to do that. I sound like a bit of an idiot. Mm. Fear of change. Yeah. Fear of change. Uh, so we've got a cracking team and people talk about millennials, for example, you know, it's a lot of thing about the millennials, Like Regal at the moment, most of that lens team is actually below 25. Like some of the guys that we've got, there are the most amazing people that work in there now. They're like 18, 19 years old. It's because we've done it on, our mission and our core values and what we want from that. And you can find those people, whether they're 17 or 50. Mm. And how, how, how do you communicate that? Or how did you communicate the mission and the vision down to the staff to make sure that 
the the people that were right for the business left and people that you know are going to lead join the team how how was that communicated i'm really interested in that it sounds it says it sounds bonkers i removed targets love that right because <laughs> targets targets like targets are uh, i'm a big believer in the 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 infinite game right i'm an infinite person that's what i've always been right and, and targets are finite. I know you have to follow a course, like you have to look at a trajectory or you're never going to grow in that aspect to it. But like our one-to-ones that we do of our staff at that time were, tell me a bit more about what you've learned this year, about uh, this month, about your own self. Tell mm-hmm. me about what you learned about the business. Tell me something you learned about a new member of staff. Give me, give me, a, uh, uh, give me a, a point where you've delivered an amazing customer experience. Give us a Google review. Like those are the stuff which actually uh, we had five, uh, 15 me- metrics on that. And then it was over four, uh, five different uh, values to that. Um, that built the staff up. People wanted to learn. People wanted to know about the staff. It just gelled the team. They, they wanted to start delivering that customer experience. But if you just say, I want you to book 30 viewings this month, like what does that mean? Like, yeah, it just, it doesn't, doesn't create an experience because you're just forcing people to view stuff. they don't want to view. It doesn't make them better people either. You know, better people make no. better agents. Huge, huge, yeah. Grow the people, um, grow the business, right? Massive, massive. Um, so yeah, that's that. That was just like the fundamentals. It's just going back to like not just a case of like, yes, look at how we deliver stuff out to the people we want to use. It goes back to the deep core DNA of your business. Mm. Um, you get that right, and then you then you then you want to roll. So so let's say then you've you've gone that and then you said you changed your team and you had people in there who bought into the vision and the work that you wanted to do around customer experience which would lead to great results um how like what did you try like what were you talked prospecting facebook wasn't a big thing 10 years ago um you probably had i guess uh easier and simpler is probably the wrong words but i can't think of anything now it's early in the morning um like what did you try or what did you implement and did you test everything or did you narrow it down to say right this is the three yeah. things we're going to do. And then how did you measure what they were working? So, uh, is it what to get new business? I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we like, I trialed everything. That's why I'm where I am today because I was, I was, I've been guilty of tr- being magpie effects in my early, <laughs> early days of just like, Oh, there's a new shiny thing. Let's try that. Let's try that. And some of them were crap. And you could, you could, you know, you get locked into like a three-year contract and you think that's a load of crap. So, um, like basic stuff, I, I, I try to become like what originally, like Christopher Watkins relates to it, like the digital mayor of your, of your town. But I mm. was doing that before yeah. it sort of came apparent. So, uh, so I served on the uh, a board of the local businesses, like uh, 650 businesses in, the business, in, the, in our Canterbury area. So I served on a position there to try and redevelop their businesses. Uh, I was a chairman of a, a local networking group of another 30 businesses. So I helped innovate them as well. Um, I, I then tied in with our charity work. So I did fire walks. Uh, I did uh, marathon runs. I did, uh, we held like events. So we had put on summer fates for the local charities and Christmas fairs, etc. But then even just the prospecting stuff. So a lot of the time, obviously new build developments for letting side to it. Every time there's a new build development, like they were usually the corporates had the, the share of the sales side to it, but they didn't really know, didn't really care about the letting side because it was also like the poorer cousin in those days. So uh, I used to go to every new build development, walk into the new site, home site, pick up a brochure, come back, appraise what it's going to be, then create my own, uh, my own document, Regal's lettings document, and then go back into there and have a chat with them. 
It's yeah. all about chatting. It's always about, all about speaking. So I was like, no, if you get anyone that's uh, in here for landlords, like, here's, here's, uh, here's uh, like the pricing list for this, just so you've got it, yeah. so you haven't got to worry about doing it. And, and, and I used to have, like, so one development, I got 35 properties on in one <laughs> development in a space of six months to the point where I then sold the last block there instead of the corporate. Um, and it was just a, a, a repeat business. But the second point I'd say is looking at your existing stock, looking at your existing clients, building up their portfolios. Mm. Like, but it comes back to like, if they have a stress-free ser service on being managed, then they think it's good money. It's easy money. Like, so then you just invest in a bit more. So like, I've had conversations where I've dug deep into clients for more than like another 15 minutes of just talking to them. And it's resulted in them going from one property to eight properties. Like, uh, so just, yeah, I think you've got to be out and about. You can't just sit in your office, not hoping the business is going to come to you. Uh, is, is that the advice that you'd give to an agent who's uh, perhaps planning for next year, might've had a, a difficult um, 2019. What would be the best bit of advice that you could give an agent looking to try and further their business next year? Um, I think, I think, I mean, I know, I know it sounds a bit, but you need to, they need to be looking at the digital front to it all, but they need to be looking at their message. Like I go back to that whole communication. We're not in marketing anymore. We're in communication. Mm. Like you need to be looking at the whole levels of your communication, not just the short wins, like stop putting messages out there saying, do you want a free valuation and we're the best, etc." You need to be pulling in people way before that. You need to emotionally connect with your clients way before they're even looking to sell. Um, so that only starts, you have to start it now to build up the traction. Like trust doesn't come overnight. You don't just marry someone on the first date. Like you have to, you have to build up like that level of trust. People see you everywhere and anywhere. Just not like one hit wonders. Like just put a message out there and go, oh, that was a bit rubbish. Like no one's going to do that. <laughs> um, but you have to look back at who your clients are, like who your buyers are, who your vendors are, who your landlords are, who your, who, who your, who your tenants are. Like, where do they, where do you think they live and where do you think what, what type of demographic of people they are? And they only then, when you start to understand the profiles of who you're trying to reach, then you can start to work on your message. So I want to, I want to unpack the emotionally connect with your clients before they're looking to sell. Cause that's something that I talk about all the time, right? Like your job as an estate agent for the most part is to be there before you're needed. So yep. talk me through, like your advice on how do you how how do you move away from a message of free valuation you know to yeah. a message of value what do you do so you need to look at it as like some someone's going like right move says nine months before someone makes a decision so you've got nine months to win your business on average mm -hmm. so you yeah. have to communicate the message of a you need to be on a journey of companionship with that person so you need to so you have to think like so like companionship like you, put it in perspective like networking events yeah you don't go to a networking event with like a big billboard around you mark talks about this my ceo you don't go you don't walk into a networking event with like free valuation here's our properties like a massive billboard because everyone will think you that person's a dickhead <laughs> <laughs> like he's i'm not gonna go and talk to him like so it has to be, if you look at companionship, you have to be helpful, hints and tips, like the content that's going to help them. Um, if you look at it as in like, say someone's reading articles about, even about like uh, the five top restaurants in the area, a local school fate, anything that's happening in the local area, it, it, the brain recognizes that. The mm. brain's got a, a, 
a bouncer in the brain called the hippocampus and it just bounces off messages it won't take it in unless it feels like it no likes and trusts it so how you do that is like no one cares about a free valuation a year off and they're looking to sell they don't even probably think about it then so you've got to get into the mindset before that so what message are you going to get there before you've got to talk about their local area helpful hints and tips things going back to school stuff that's going to resonate with them that they're more likely going to read it and then you then go from there to work on right what journey would that person go on so if they're looking to move in the next year start writing content about if you're looking to move in the next year here's our top five tips on improving the value of your home and then work down that funnel like you've got to look at it as a long-term goal the quicker you start that the quicker you will win the business it's a simple fact of it because if you think about it, uh, agency a and agency b Agency A is putting all this stuff out and people are reading it and loving it. They see the brand, they realize actually this agent's really helpful. Agency B sitting there doing nothing apart from the odd you on an instant valuation or join a free valuation. But science predicts who's going to win that. How about a higher fee? Yeah, and a higher fee. Like, uh, not going too much into obviously what we do, but like the clients who are winning with us now are winning the business in the fact that they're just getting invited around with no one else there because they already know them they're like a friend they walk through the door and they say it's crazy people people especially on video people walk through the door and they're like they think they know me but <laughs> yeah. i've never met them and at the same time the fees are higher the fees are higher because it's like i'm just going to use you like it goes back to the, the chemistry in the brain if you start to look at the communication the chemistry in the brain i know it just goes into like i'm just an estate agent i don't really want to know about that but like uh, the Google worked out that the, the buying habits are done in the emotional part of the brain. Like every buying decision is made in the emotional part of the brain and you just use the logical part of the brain, just make stupid reasons why you've bought an expensive product. Mm. But how many times you bought something that's really expensive and just using crap logical reasons. Look at the iPhone. The iPhone is actually a poorer phone. Like Samsung is cheaper, it's better, it's got a better spec, but most people buy the iPhone. Usually the response of an iPhone person is, it, well, it's just not an iPhone. There's no logical reason to it. It's just a status. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a status symbol, isn't it? Well, nobody particularly, the bigger, the more important the decision, nobody makes a decision based on what they think. They're based on how they feel, right? So yep. we've got an election in a couple of weeks. People aren't going to vote on what they think. They're going to vote on how they feel. That's what happened with Brexit. It's probably what happened overseas. It's, people don't buy, they don't buy, the, the best house for them, right? They buy the house yeah. that where they open the door, they feel like they're at home. Feeling, I've got a feeling, yeah. That's it. And, and so, Everyone says that, don't they? Th this is the thing. You've like too many, and not to go way off track, but I agree with the brain statements. And if, if anyone's out there is listening, go and look at your ads on Rightmove or go and look at your ads on Zoopla right now. They are logical ads, right? Yeah. They are not appealing to anyone's emotions. They're not making people feel anything, which is why they're not picking up the phone and saying, I'll go and have a look at it, you know? Yeah. And I think if, if there's one lesson that we can talk for 30 seconds on in marketing, it's that it's make sure that everything that you're putting out there, whether it's prospecting or whether it's representing your clients in the best way, once you've won them, hopefully without any competition at a fair fee is it's emotional content. It's making sure you understand how people feel. So maybe you market to them to get the business on how they feel like property is stressful. We take the stress away. And then when you're looking yeah. to find someone to buy or to move in, it's, this house will make you feel really good. Your family will feel excellent living here. You'll feel great living here, you know, rather yeah. than this is a good decision to make today. Because nobody wants to make a good decision. They want to make a decision that makes them feel good. I think it's 100%. I think if you look at it now, though, especially on the digital front, the reason why that people are winning on that side to it is that you have to change the mindset of how you used to market. 
So like, you know, in the early days, it was like interrupted marketing leaflets. You could only really send one message out. So you had to just do a generic blanket email out to everyone, a generic email magazine, a generic message in the newspaper, because you, you, it would be like ridiculously expensive if you're going to do it per property working out it because you didn't know. Now with the advancement in tech, you now know that you can find audiences that would only resonate with that one message. It's simple. Like you just put out an audience for the younger people, people like looking to upsize, downsize, people looking for retirement homes. You just, you only just put that message in front of those people. It's simple. Um, hyper, really hyper-targeted campaigns. Um, so that comes back to that whole thing, like knowing who your clients are, like who actually uh, in a, my three bedroom market, who are the actually people selling it? What are their age brackets? Are they, are they at the local school? Like what do you reckon they do on a weekend? But then, then, then you can go and find them because you just use then you flip that on reverse of it and say, right, I want an audience of these particular people, but I only want those people to see that message. So the message is like, have you got a family home looking to sell in the summer? Like it's usually stressful, Like, here's our top five tips for getting through that. And here's how we did it with one of our clients. Here's a testimonial. Social proof. Well, Rob, maybe that's a really good pivot point to talk about what you're doing at Iceberg now. Cause uh, like you and I have spoken, Mark and I have spoken. I still don't really understand what you guys do, um, <laughs> you know. And, but I know it works. That's the thing. So yeah. um, we we try and keep these things more about the agent, but at the same time, I want to give you sort of a platform to explain a little bit more about Iceberg and how it works. If anyone out there yeah. doesn't quite understand, like me. Um. So like we we develop it on a strategy around uh, tech which Mark's built. Like the guys in the, the, the team at Iceberg, like our tech guys are just going into like the, the unknown. But like, uh, we basically just help deliver the message that's required out there, but just on a multiple way of different platforms, like without the agent having to do anything. Mm. And that's the simple fact of it. I can't go too much into it because of like, we're, 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 it's under wraps at the moment because we're pending the, the next release of the next products at the end of the year, which I know we, we, we've spoken about. Mm. Um, so uh, we just basically take away the requirements to spend time and effort in trying to work out how to do marketing, like how to, how to use the marketing tools. Like the reason why I'm so compelled with it, like I drive two hours to the office every day and two hours back. I drive out of Dartford Crossing and I drive through the Dartford Tunnel every day, right? That's my journey. But I was an iceberg client. But on my journey of discovery as an agent, I had nine different pits of products by the end of it, the magpie effect. I was trying to work it all out. And then I got to the point, I was like, I hate this. Like, I want to just be an agent. I want to enjoy what I do. I want to tr- think of the messages I want to get out there. Mm. And then, and then uh, literally, I read Mark's book in late 2017. I went to the Estes Awards a couple of years ago, a couple months later. I was on a table with, uh, I was on a table with Mark and then I was like, Oh my God, like I read your book. Like we're about to go down this, this new journey. Like as an agent, like I was like a proper fan, but I bought two more copies for the owners of the business and said like, this is the route we need me to go down. And then, and then, and then it just developed from there. Like I saw Mark's bigger vision. Like the vision is to save the industry. I know it sounds crazy, but if you look at like Steve jobs and the iPhone, like there's, there's people out there in different sectors and I only believe it because I've walked the, the journey as an agent and I've walked the journey as an iceberg client. And now I'm sitting on the other side of the fence and I mm. know where, we, where it's all going. Um, so like I've, got, I've got, still got the heart and brain of an estate agent. 
Like, and I know where it's going because I, you wouldn't drive two hours to the office every day and two hours back if you knew you weren't going to change, change the whole industry. Exactly right. So you're taking um, the marketing. Estate agents aren't necessarily good marketeers, are they? So you're, take, you're basically just taking the whole marketing job out, out of them. Is that, is that, is that right? Because um, yeah. it's, I think it's probably fair to say it's not the cheapest product out there. Um, no. And then at the same time, if you look at it, Mark, if you look at real time, Right, real-time messages. That's what we deal with. Like we've got a brain in the centre of it. I know I can't, I can't go too much into it. We've got a brain in the centre of it. So as people are clicking on certain things, they don't see the same thing when they next go online or when they go on email. It just, yeah, it, it real, it does it. So it goes back to that whole message on the hippocampus and the brain I talked about. Like, no one goes does an instant evaluation. No one wants to see the same instant evaluation thing on email. No one wants to see it on the next time they go on Facebook. We just take that away. We we stop being annoyed. Agents being annoying by just bombarding with interrupted marketing. But the heart of it all is, I was an agent who did had nine products. Mm. The thing that you can't do is the is the connecting the dots. So like yes. Hats off to everyone out there who's doing like nine things. Like you're actually probably leading it more than most agents doing out there. Yeah. Somewhere down the line, that's going to come uncontrollable. And that's what I experience. Um, so like, uh, it's, like, it goes back to that message. You've got to get the right message out there. But how are you going to do that if you're just like trying to work out CSV files and like how Facebook audience works? Is It yeah. has to be done in real time. <laughs> And it's time, isn't it? At the end, at the end of the day, it's you know, it, it's easy saying it's expensive, but if you take everyone's marketing completely off them, massive, massive job. But I'm, I'm just aware. I think we're we're running out of time, Rob. Yeah, um, yeah. A question we ask everyone who comes on to the show. Um, really interested um, to hear your thoughts on it. But what does world class estate agency look like to you? Um, I think it has to be people who actually care about what they do, care about their client, care about their experience, like uh, know who they are, know their identity, and then just match it with, uh, with uh, is, we're going to a digital transformation. Like there's no, there's no doubts about that. You have to, you have to go into that next, the next 10 years doing that, as simple as that. Um, so you just have to marry it up, like marry up an amazing message, who you are, what makes you who you are? What makes your DNA? Mm. And then marry up with the tech that's required to get out there and, and, and deliver that message. Uh, it's simple as that. Like, I don't believe in uh, online high street, uh, like all the different concepts and models. People keep on asking me. I keep getting messages all the time. Like, what do you reckon's the best? I'm like, it comes back to the person, mm. who you are. Yeah. Like, you could be in a corporate, but you could be the most amazing corporate person. You're still going to win the business. Like you could be, you could do the Keller Willie models. You're still going to win the business if you're amazing, if you're driven. It's a people business, right? Huge, yeah. People, people, people buy from people. It's as simple as that. Better people make better agents. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I really like that. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rob. Um, just the, uh, as, a, as a quick aside, if anyone's listening to this and wants to, to get in touch direct, um, do you want to give an email, phone number, social media? How, how do you want people to, um, to get in touch with you? Find, we've got uh, find me on Facebook. I'm not I'm not opposed to just accepting anyone on there. Uh, message me, if, message me like random stuff. Like no, but like one of the things I say is connect me on LinkedIn, connect me on Facebook. If you're an agency owner struggling with some of your processes, it's a lonely world sometimes. Like you can't talk to your competitors. Yeah, and okay. I know there's groups out there, but sometimes people don't want to voice their groups out there. So message me. I've gone through so many different. I've walked the shoes of it. 
So just message me and I'll be more than happy just to help you, like give you some advice, give you some hints and tips. Like that's, that's what I'm all about. Uh, that's great. That's very generous. Nice one, dude. Thank you for giving us your time this morning. I appreciate it. Cool, mate. All the best. We'll see you again. Cheers, Rob. Thanks so much. Cheers. See you later. Bye. Massive thank you to Rob Brady from Iceberg Digital for joining us um, on today's episode. I don't know about you, Sam, but I've got a full page of notes. Uh, we jumped around loads, but I think there was a lot of lot of value there. The first thing that, that I, I took, um, and it leads into kind of brand consistency, but when Rob was talking about his experience at Regal and um, – how management changed and they stripped it back. He talked about um, a lot of the success, I think, coming from stripping it back right down to basics, even down to the little things such as answering the phone and making sure that the, the brand um, message is consistent from the website right through every sort of experience that your customer has with you. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? And I, I'm, I'm the same as you. Like, I'm scared that our little wrap up here is going to go longer than the actual podcast so far. <laughs> Uh, because I was frantically typing stuff down that I was like, geez, that's really good. Uh, like we need to make that abundantly clear to everyone in our business, let alone estate agents, you know? And I think you have to have that alignment of customer experience uh, across the board because it is what people will come to expect from you. And I think that's yeah. what leads to good business. If no one knows what to expect from you, they're never going to pick up the phone. Um, and so he articulated that really well. And like, it's not even that he explained it really well. You know it works because he's got he's got the runs on the board. Um, and don't be scared to lose the wrong people. I mean, I've literally never fired anybody. Uh, so I would be scared too, I think. I don't know if I'd ever be able to have that conversation the right way. But I, he, he made it so clear how important it is to the rest of the business, but not only to the business, how important it is to your clients to have the right people in place. Um, and that's, that's, that's a position that, you know, we talk about a lot here is making sure that every time we talk to somebody, it's about them, not about us. Um, mm -hmm. but it's never occurred to me that if you have the wrong people in your business, it's, that's never going to work. Yeah. Yeah. He, he talked about certainly not being afraid of change, not being afraid of, um, you know, explaining the vision, explaining your mission, make, yeah. getting that right down to the staff. And you know what, if they're not right, then maybe they do need to move on. Um, yeah. Don't be afraid to, to embrace that change. I thought that was a really, really powerful uh, way of looking at it. I know it, we're not at the end of 2019 yet, but it has been a big year for change for me and um, making sure that the message of where we're going has been really communicated through to the staff is something that we started in January. Yeah, nice. And I think um, we, we sort of... I, I, made him circle back on it because it, it made a lot of sense to me, you know, answering the phone with your name, using their name, repeating their name, like your, how you answer the phone should be what you're putting out into your marketplace. Not like you don't answer the phone saying, Hey, my name's Rob Brady and I'm the best estate agent in the world. And <laughs> I'm number one on right move. If you answer the phone with, hello, it's Rob Brady. How can I help you? So your marketing needs to be, how can we help you? You know, and who we are. I thought that was such a good point. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's simple shit, right? Like being consistent. Everyone yeah. knows to be consistent, but so few are. Um, and then like empowering your staff, build them up so they want to be part of the business if they're the right people. And if if you're working to build them up and they're not coming to you, that's a good way of showing that they're that they're not. You know, like I'm reading this book um, about the like the All Blacks team culture at the moment. Legacy. Um, I was about to talk about it, mate. Such a great book. Leaders create leaders, right? Awesome. Um, I was took the words right out of my mouth. I pinched that. Uh, I pinched the great people make great estate agents because in that book they say great people make great all blacks. 
And it's true. Yep. Like it, everyone's got to make sure that you're cleaning up the sheds and everything like that. And I think um, maybe Rob's read that book. Maybe he hasn't. If not, then it's just, again, it's a common sense principle that you've got to apply. Like the better you are as a person, the better you're going to be in whatever you're doing. And particularly yeah. in a state agency, because you deal like it is a people business. Everyone has that written on the side of their fucking wall, but nobody, everyone talks about their results, not about their people. And I think Rob's made that abundantly clear that you, you talk about how you help people, you know, you don't talk about how good you are, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That book, I, I thought there was a lot from that podcast that probably came from that book, Leaders Build Leaders. Mm. Um, they changed, changed the whole team, removed the targets. Um, and I thought really interesting, he was talking about sitting down with his staff. Tell me what you've learned. Mm. Not tell me how many evaluations you've booked. Tell me what you've learned. Tell me what you know, you've done really well this month that has it increased the client's experience. Um, and you know, it's all about people growth. You, you, grow, you grow your people, you grow your team, you grow your business. I think that was you know, really powerful stuff. I'd agree 100%. And then those people, you, you then empower them to go out into their marketplace and have those discussions that he was saying. You know, he was just like, listen, it, it, maybe it's a too simple of a strategy, but you know, we don't market our business. We communicate our business. We're in a communications business and our job is to give value in every conversation that we have. And he's, I think, you know, he said the words like, it's all just about having chats all day, every day. And that, you know, maybe that's not the easiest thing to do because no one likes picking up the phone when they think the other person on the other end doesn't want to talk to them. But if you're coming at it from a place of value and you're actually giving them something that's relevant and will matter to them, particularly if it's about their biggest, you know, financial asset, then it's going to be a conversation that they're probably going to want to listen to or read or not scroll past, you know, and, and, and that's how you, as Rob said, you emotionally connect with your clients before you're needed. Being there for people before they need you. That's what, that's what he said, isn't it? That's what I've got yeah. written down here. Well, I think you and I were like rant, like frantically scribbling the same notes as we were going on. <laughs> but no, anyone who's watching this can't see us, but we've got each other like on a webcam and we're just like, yep, that's my point too. Beautiful. <laughs> Which is good, right? Like, like when, yeah, when, he, absolutely. when he said, um, you've got nine months to win your clients. Um, <laughs> that was like, my next point. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I, wrote, I wrote down, it's like growing a baby. You know, like it, it really is. Like you are actually, you are nurturing uh, the journey along the way. And, and, and he used the words, it's a journey of companionship. And it's exactly that. Like imagine if you said, right, I'm going to make a couple thousand quid in nine months. You know, you'd invest in that. And you'd yeah, make sure that yeah. you were there for every part of the journey, like you would be if you were having a baby or like you would be investing in a relationship, a personal relationship to, to see where yep. it went. Um, hints and tips, making sure that you're just giving them advice along the way, like stuff that we all know that we should be doing, but stuff yeah. that most people can't be bothered because they're just so ingrained in, I'll just give them a free evaluation. You know, that's what I'll, I'll just yeah. talk about free evaluation and see what happens. Well, that's, that's the bit right at the end of the nine months, isn't it? That's the bit. Yeah. And people, people don't, um, people don't jump into bed on the first day. That's you know what, what Rob said. It's, it's, it's so true. You've got to go on that journey. And then when they're so warm, you get out for the valuation and then fee doesn't matter. Well, I reckon a few He's people irrelevant. jump. I reckon a few people jump into a bed on the first date, but they certainly that they, they they don't get married on the first date. And maybe maybe the people that you marry aren't the ones that you might jump into bed with on on date one. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but I just thought it was you know he talked he talked about no like and trust. <laughs> so you don't get trust on the first date. Then should we say should we go with that? You, know, you might know and like someone, um, but you definitely don't don't trust them. And making sure that 
the information that you're putting out there to your potential clients allows them to connect. It's stuff about the local areas. We all we all know, as you say, that this is this is the stuff that we should be doing. And if we can do it by video, then they think they know you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I liked the the thing that he said when he's he's hearing stories from agents that are working with him now, where they're opening the front door and it's like people already know them; it's their best friends, and like that's genuinely that's a really strong business, you know. And it takes time to get to that point, and you have to be willing to invest in the time, and you have to literally go. I did the process today, and I need to trust in the process because it's like that uh, shampoo ad; it's not going to happen overnight. But you have to trust in the process, and so you know, there are so many people that are just like, I'd just rather get valuations, you know, the target thing again, I need to do my 30 viewings or I need to do that. And that those numbers don't show that you care about really what you do. Those numbers don't show that you care about your clients because it's all about you. You know, they don't align with whatever values that you have in your business, or maybe they do. And your values are win at all costs and just take anything on and, and throw shit against the wall and see what happens. But if you strip it back, like Rob did all those years ago with success and, and do care about what you do, understand who you are, come up with your visions, live by them every day, care about your clients, know who you are as a person. Then, then you become that like world-class agent that he was talking about. You know, it's not the brand. It's not the agency. It doesn't matter whether you're working in a self-employed model. It's the person. Yeah. Yeah. Care about the client. It's all about the person. And he, he mentioned it a couple of times. Consistency is key. With, yeah. with every, everything that we've talked about here, it's about doing it consistently. Test and test, test, test. I love that. You know, he said, "I tried, I tried everything, all that A/B testing, all of that sort of stuff, um, from a marketing perspective." So, so yeah, cool, cool. Well, thank you very much um, for your time today, Sam. Thank you very much once again to Rob Brady, um, and most of, most importantly, thank you very much for for listening. We do this because we love our industry. We want to see it get better. If you like what you hear, we ask that you subscribe, share us out on social media. I'm Mark Orwell. He's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week.